Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today after the first week of footy, how good it have it back, boys and girls, uh, is Desi Creek, the 2019 NRL Super Coach, overall champion. Des, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well, Timmy. Um, scored a very respectable 1349, which has me ranked around 2000. So, yeah, pretty stoked with that. It's definitely my highest ever rank after round one. Um, yeah, had, had some pretty good pod picks with uh, Junior Paulo, Mitch Barnett. So, yeah, pretty stoked with those guys. But, yeah, also ran into a bit of trouble with the cheapies in the centre wing, as we all did, I think. Mm, tends to happen each and every year. Basically, as you said, it's, um, it is so hard to get off to a fast start in Supercoach. Um, and it's so hard to get those cheapies right at centre wing, as we find each and every year. Desi, you must have been frothing at the bit when you saw Junior Paulo go over for that try. Yeah. Yeah, I'd had a few beers, actually, that Friday. Um, yeah, I was just willing him over. I think uh, I think Walsh has him as well, maybe. And, uh, yeah, I think we were both just super stoked to see him go over. And Desi, um, yeah, so that were the main things that went right for you, main things went wrong for you. Also joining us tonight, the man you just mentioned is 2019 NRL Supercoach runner-up, Walsh Carlos. Walsh, you had a pretty good start too, mate. Uh, yeah, just just pip Desi. I think I was like 13.51, so I just, just snuck inside the top 2,000. But uh, I was really happy with that, actually. I, um, I'm not sure if I have a, uh, as good a team as Desi's makeup because um, – He's, he's set up where he can probably get himself to Cody Walker, which is a person that worries me. But hopefully the rain will save me this weekend um, and, you know, it'll take away a bit of sting out of uh, the South Sydney attack. But, um, yeah, got to be happy with, you know, top 2% for sure. For sure, mate. It's a massive start. Um, what went right for you? What went wrong for you? Um, I just nailed those, uh, the goal-kicking players, you know, uh, I think, most of us went for it as well. So it was like uh, Barnett, um, he did really well. I jagged a try as well. And obviously flogging the dogs helped. Um, also TKO and um, and Junior Paulo. So, yeah, those guys came through for me. Capewell getting a try was handy. But, um, yeah, I was pretty rotten in the centre wing apart from Capewell. And, and yeah, my um, my halves and hookers struggled a bit. So that's that's where I've got to tidy it up, I think. Yeah, nice, mate. The uh, the mighty Kuma Stallions, not a bad week either. Thirteen oh two to start things off. Um, Teddy as captain helped that one a fair bit. Uh, so six thousand in the ranks, which again I'm pretty happy with that as far as round one goes. You can you can fall behind pretty easy easily and pretty quickly in Supercoach. So more than happy sitting there after round one. Um, Fergo, my the bloke I preached all preseason delivered for me. So very happy to see Fergie Ferg go well. Uh, Cody went well against the Storm. I was uh, very concerned about that game down in Melbourne, round one. Pappy, obviously big. Taddy, big that we all sort of owned. And then uh, Angus Crichton as well, delivered in the second row. Matty Lodge was a bit of a killer guy. I was very keen on as a cheapy, just in cheapy range. Gone for two to four weeks now by the looks of it. Joshy Hodgson, my pot at hooker, did not pay off at all, although he did play 80 minutes, which is encouraging. Charlie Stain stung us all. Lockie Lamb stung most of us as well. <clears throat> 
On today's show, we're going to start off with uh, the all-important cheapy discussion, where we sit uh, on those guys after round one. You know, we've seen the minutes of the forwards, we've seen the output of the backs and how the sides around them are looking. So we'll go into a bit of detail about that to help our trades, obviously, for this week and next week. We'll go through the team analysis from the sides that have just dropped on team this Tuesday uh, and into our bold predictions, which we forgot to do last week among the chaos of the first team this Tuesday of the year. Uh, but we'll hook into those and then we'll get into a few questions that have dropped on social media during the week. Uh, just a reminder to jump into our unlimited group, which the code is 784746. Uh, take on all our contributors, all the other people in the Supercoach community, uh, and then it will also get you in in contention for the major and minor prizes in that group as well for the end of season. Fellas, let's get stuck into the cheapy chat. We'll assess... The majority of the key players in round one, um, we'll sort of get to it before we get into the actual teams analysis. Basically, I'm going to throw a stack of blokes at you, questions of buy or not buy, sell or don't sell, play in your 17s, da-da-da-da-da. Um, we'll tick off a few quick ones that we all sort of own or don't need to talk about. Jordan Ricky started for the Broncos. Not a huge output, but solid enough did his job. Get him in your side if you don't own him for some reason. Bailey Simonson, 40-odd for the Raiders. Good job security, get him in. Connor Watson, a later demotion to the bench, which was a bit of a concern at the night, came on, set up a try and looked pretty sharp. Name to start this week. Um, again, a guy you've got to have in your side. Stefano Utakamanu, bottom dollar. Got a few minutes there. Nothing overwhelming, but we expected him to be a, a bit of a slow-burning cash cow. And Dylan Laurie down there against the Raiders. Name to start at fullback. Pretty good base stats. Looked all right. Uh, so Laurie's a guy you have to have in your centre wing as well. <clears throat> Hey, we'll kick things off with uh, a question from, of all people, the Supercoach Spy. Um, he messaged through to me to make sure we got to this one. So we'll get him in nice and early because it is relevant to the cheapy topic and one of the big uh, question marks this week. <clears throat> and it's regarding holding or selling Maddie Lodge. So the Spy asks, do you hold Lodge for one week if you have someone like Spencer Lean you to play? Take the 35 to 40-odd points and get a better look at your options to replace Lodge after round two. Or do you possibly make a move to free up the two vital trades next week and go early on selling Lodge uh, to a guy with a bit of a uh, bit less security? What do you reckon, Desi? I reckon, yeah, it, it entirely depends on the makeup of your team. If you do have strong front row forwards there already, um, like I do, I had TKO and Paulo. I'm in the position where I actually can sit Lodge on the bench. I'm not sure if I'd do it if I had um, Lenu, but if you've got two guns there. I think you can definitely afford to sit him and take a second look at it. But, yeah, if if, if not, I think he's definitely a sell for mine. Like, I'd, he's only going to play another three, four weeks, or he's going to be out three, four weeks, come back at the same time as Payne Haas. I just don't think he's going to see the minutes or have the value, the same amount of value then. Do you own him, Desi? I do, yep. And I'm, so I'm going to hold him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, well, as I said, you're in a position to do it. Um, and it's a good point you make because I've got him playing in my front row um, alongside, um, who is it, Fasua Malawi. Uh, so I'm I'm forced to basically trade because I need to strengthen up my front row. And I see the spy's point of, of playing like someone like a, a Lenu or an, an Ogden or someone like that. But um, the big point is, Desi, that you touched on, by the time Lodge comes back in two to four weeks, Payne has to be back as well. There'll be the... The concern of the hamstring injury, so I, I think I think Lodge has got to go if you're in my situation. In, if he's in your situation, you're in a position to hold. Um, whilst, what are your thoughts, and are you a Lodge owner? 
I am a lodge owner. You boys talked me into it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you can't control injuries, mate. Sorry. Uh, nah, looking good. He, he was looking okay. I think he might have gone okay, but he I just never sat comfortably with me. So I, I'm actually pretty keen to get him out. I'm, I'm, you know, like I feel bad for him that you know he's injured, but I, uh, I wasn't really, I wasn't really that keen on him anyway. Like <laughs> my side, so, but. Who I trade him to is the hard thing because I probably want to try and free up some cash to make some get some marquee players in, in the later weeks. So, yeah, I think I think with the spies questions, legitimate to hold him if you want to have another look at players because you're going to get another another week to look at them. I'm not sure how much footy we you'll be able to see with um, the wet weather, but um, certainly, you know, it certainly favoured front rowers the new style of play. I thought. Mm. Some of the base stats we saw across the board from the weekend were just ridiculous, and we'll get to a few of them later on. Uh, fellas, <clears throat> number two on the list, Charlie Staines. I think we've pretty well all got him in our side. Uh, if you didn't own him after his stinker on the weekend, what he had about 18 points, you probably wouldn't rush to buy um, in the fact that he's not going to make too much money too quickly. Um, Desi, will you be playing Charlie Staines in your 17 this week against the Dogs? I will be, yes. Um I think a lot of people will still have to play him with the injuries to Lodge and obviously Angus Crichton as well, getting in, uh, getting the one-week suspension. So, yeah, I think Charlie Sainz, is the, the, he's the sort of bloke who's going to go over for a double this week and score 90 points and sort of, you know, make those rage traders pay. I think the, the Bulldogs are the perfect team that he could do it against. I'm with you, mate. The the rain worries me a lot, but uh, I just think Penrith against that side, they should be putting points on him unless it is a downpour. Um, and, and I like him in my 17 this week. After this week, when games get a little bit tougher, uh, he'll be a big concern to play in 17s because he does rely on tries. Uh, Wiles, are you going to be playing in this week? Oh, yeah, I'm in the same position. I, I don't have much in the centre wing. So I bought him reluctantly because he was so high-owned. Um, and mm. I feel like even though he's not really a great player to watch, like Brian Toto or someone would be, there's not a lot of cheapies. So you've got to stick with him and just take ride the highs and the lows. It's going to be a bit of a roller coaster, I think. I mean, it's it's funny because they that right hand side got a crack at um, the left hand side uh, Cowboys defence, and ironically, Hamaso Tabuai Fado made two sort of covering try-saving tackles that took him into touch um, when he was he's sort of like the weak, the weak leak in that uh, defensive um, side of the field. But um, he's pretty good when he's sprinting back to get them out over the sideline apparently. So, yeah, he was a bit unlucky. I mean, it yeah. went too bad. So Yeah, Tabby Fidido, Fido. The hammer, he's a, he's a liability in the defensive line, but when you get through on the edge, he'll catch you anyway and take you out. So something we didn't account for. Uh, Walsh, did you end up uh, biting the bullet and going with Tex Hoy or not last week? Uh, I did, but then the rain put me off playing him, which was a mistake because obviously even if you looked at the scores and didn't watch the game, you would have thought Lamb would have just easily got um, beaten Tex Hoy's score. I think Tex Hoy ended up getting 40 or 42 or something like that. And um, Lockie Lamb, he was yeah, he was he had a stinker. He, he got twenty one and just hardly looked likely. So he's definitely a question mark moving forward. Is he a play for you this week, mate? I think it's probably weather dependent, and the and the way that the I don't I don't know. I think the Warriors actually defended quite well. Like I mean, P 
people will say that the Titans didn't throw that much at them. But, um, yeah, I think Newcastle might throw a little bit more. But, um, yeah, if it's if it's a wet game, oh, it's going to be up in the air. It's going to be a hard one. But then I've got to play someone at 5'8". So, yeah, probably. I'll probably play Texas. Yeah. Desi, Jacob Little came out, played 80 minutes, uh, surprised a few of us, maybe not some of us, uh, coming back from some serious injuries, scored a try, play, yeah, played the 80 minutes, 71 points, 44 in base. He's very cheap at 247K. Moses Embi this week moves to the bench to accommodate the return of Adam Dewey at 5'8 in the side. What are your thoughts on Little, mate? Um, a lot of people will be biting the bullet and going in this week. I'm a little bit reluctant. I'd like to see another week of him uh, and what happens with the Tigers, with Embi, with Simpkin, who, we know, who isn't far away. What are you doing with Jacob Little? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm forced to hold and play him. But, yeah, 44 base is the concern for 80 minutes at hooker. Mm. He, uh, he didn't really run the ball at all. But I think the spy said maybe it's just because the Raiders were sort of slowing down the plays and sort of just crippling them through the middle. But, yeah, it, it is a bit concerning when your hooker gets only 70 points with a line break try. So I, I'd be tempted to take another look at him before bringing him in if I didn't have him already. Mm. Particularly with um, just a strategic sort of thing for the, the diehard super coaches will know already, but um, prices work, rise and fall, based on a, your three-game average points scored. Um, so basically what happens is after round three, Jacob Little will get his price rise. It should be pretty decent now that he's got 71 points in round one. But that will drop out of your score very quickly. Well, very quickly. It will drop out, drop out after round three. Um, and then from there, pending what he does in coming weeks, his break-even will be readjusted, the break-even being the number you need to hit um, to either rise or fall in cash. Uh, rise or fall in cash. Um, Wallace, what are your thoughts on Little? Um, I, I'm really concerned about the the start of the season draw for the West Tigers. I think they could possibly lose four or five in a row. Uh, just just how tough their draw is. Probably four. I think they beat the Cowboys in in round five, and they're probably a chance against Newcastle. Um, I think they'll get beaten by the Roosters in round two, and probably by Power in round four. Although they're probably a chance there, but I just. I just think, like, if they lose three in a row, Maguire's going to be under pressure to make changes. Um, Simpkin played pretty well in reserve grade. Uh, I'm not totally sold on Liddell Little. Um, I think that's a pretty good score for a bloke that at his price, so you can be happy with that. And, mm. you know, hopefully people make some money on him, but I'm not convinced that he's going to stay. If I was convinced that he was going to stay in A grade and play 80 minutes... I'd have him in this week, but I'm just not convinced. Yeah, my thoughts are very similar, mate. And as a Josh Hodgson owner who flopped, uh, I'm just going to take another look at him, see what happens, see what happens with that team over this week. Uh, and if he does play 80 and scores well again, has a low break even, well, it's easy to go from Hodgson down to Little. Uh, and a lot of people will be in a similar situation with Lockie Land that they can have another look at there if they do own. Um, Desi, Matty Moylan, are you an owner of him? No, I'm not. I'm not. And I'm happy, I'm happy to stay that way, to be honest. I think uh, he he only scored, what, 50, 55, 50-odd points against a very weak Dragons team. Um, in saying that, it was rain-affected, so it was definitely tougher for the halves to score. But, yeah, he, he just looked like the same old Moylan to me. Just flashes of brilliance here and there, but just not a steady super coach output each week. I don't think you're going to get from him. 
Yep, 33 in base for Matty Moylan, which is unheard of uh, for Moiser. He's a guy that I dropped and went Lockie Lamb late last week, which is, in hindsight, not a good move. However, it did allow me to go host down to Fui Mayono, which was a very good move. So uh, a little bit neither here nor there on that. Whilst Matty Moylan, what are your thoughts? Um, oh, mildly interested. I mean, I don't get excited by him. I think he might toss up weight, like maybe one big score if he can stay uninjured, you know, I think he's capable of that. But like Desi said, he's capable of stinkers as well. And even their game plan doesn't inspire me to get him in just for the fact that a lot of their play comes off Kennedy, you know, out the back like a lot of teams now. So, you know, Kennedy had a really good game actually. He's not an option obviously because he's in that fullback position. But um, I expect him to score pretty well this year and he'll rise in price. But and Moylan might give you a price rise, but he's definitely not a play option for mine. Mm, yeah, mate. I, it's, it's the same thing. We spoke about it over and over again in the preseason about how uh, we, we believe that you know the fullback sweeping gets all those tries. This would be taking a lot of points off Moylan that he got while at fullback. Um, I don't know if there was any direct tries off it uh, via Kennedy, who scored a couple of tries, but uh, I, I think we saw definitely that Moyes is going to get a lot less tries based on that exactly, so I'm with you. Uh, although if he goes big this week and Lamb struggles, I'll be going Lamb to Moylan next week, which is a serious option, but definitely worth another look, especially with his injury history. Desi, Jimmy the Jet, owner? No, I'm not. I, I dropped him last minute um, mm. right before um, lockout. Uh, he, he looked okay, but I mean, he, he obviously had that really good try assist. I liked, uh, I liked the look of that, but he was just, he was really inclined to run across the field, uh, much like Jack Bird used to do at the Broncos, just roving across the field, looking for gaps, but I just don't think he's going to, he doesn't look as fast as he used to be. I don't know. It's just, and he, he made a few errors that were a bit costly. I just... Yeah, I, I don't see him scoring more than 35s and 40s most games. Yeah, 34 points, which included a, a try assist and line assist, only 18 in base. Tigers have a really tough draw to start the year. Um, I mean, I'd be holding if I owned, but I would not be jumping towards Jimmy the Jet at this stage. I uh, just wanted to touch on quickly, Corey Jensen up at the Cowboys, 47 points off the bench, 30 tackles, 10 runs, 286k. Uh, let's have a good look at him this week. If he can match that again, maybe a sneaky uh, sort of close to sort of mid-range cash cow. He's in cheapy range. Uh, fellas, the big one this week, and he may just be the most highly owned, uh, sorry, purchase player this week, is Ryan James. Uh, Wiles, what are your thoughts on him? Scored on his first game back in a couple of years of NRL. Looked the goods, definitely passed the eye test. Looked like he had missed a beat. Um, the Raiders have again named a four-forward bench. No Corey Horsburgh at all. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan James? Will he be coming into your team? Well, I was mildly, I was sort of reasonably interested in him, but um, I got the inside mail off the blokes who know Canberra, and they said no, stay away. So, um, <laughs> hey, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what you guys are saying that I'm going to stay away from him, but it's getting harder and harder because he's he's a real super coach player, Ryan James, and. I, I think it's really going to be tough for CHN or Horsberg to, you know, get him out of that spot. I think like someone like a Ryan Sutton or even I suppose Havili can play dummy half, but one of those boys would probably be first to go before James. Yeah, mate. He was um, 
He was terrific, and was, his try was so bittersweet. It was such a great moment for him after the tough run that he'd had. It was great to see him score a try. It was great as a Raiders fan. In Supercoach, I was thinking, oh, how how frustrating. Um, but again, I was so happy the big fella to crash over. It didn't really matter. 69 points without that try and line break. It would have been 42 in 41 minutes. Uh, I'm with you in that I don't see him getting dropped based on what we saw on the weekend. He was quite good in the trials. Um, he's, he's a guy that I'm going to be taking another look at again because oh, the, the competition for minutes, I think um, Joe Tappany, we'll, we'll get there later, but played like 43 minutes or 45 minutes or something at a ridiculous PPM. He's surely got to play more minutes at some stage. I'm just not sure how many minutes are going to be there for him. Um, but provided uh, if he plays big minutes again this week, then he'll be very hard to ignore there. Desi, are you going to be getting Ryan James this week? No, I'm not going to be grabbing him. I just think, yeah, there's just too much um, contest over minutes. And without the try, he's only scoring 40, which is pretty much what you'd expect him mm. to score most weeks. Yeah, yeah. When when Walsh started talking there about these uh, Raiders contacts that he had, who had a bit of uh, information on Ryan James in the pack and whatnot, I was getting a bit upset. I thought you were cheating on me over there, um, Walsh, but <laughs> I'm glad you came around and turned it into a bit of a sledge. So you kind of got out of jail. It was a bit backhanded slap. Mate, uh, David Mead's another pretty popular one. Scored 77 on the weekend for the Broncos. Has never really traditionally been a super coach player, but you know there's a lot of interest around him this week at 230K. He based 32, which is really good for him because he, he never really had good base in the past. Des, any interest for you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't bring him in this week, but obviously if he, if he gets another try or two, before the price rise, I think you have to bring him in because it's just going to be a free 150k for you. I'm with you, mate. There's no way I'd be going early on him. He's a wait and watch. He could come out and score 15 against the Titans, and it would not surprise me one bit at all. So I think definitely wait on him. And a guy that you trade out like a Fusatur or a Saab could come out and do what he just did. Um, and I just I'd be waiting on that one for sure. As I think, yeah, no, just wait and see. If he goes big, we can all get him next week. Uh, Jason Saab, not a lot to talk about with him. Went really poorly. Um, uh, is there any in- inclination to to sell him, Walsh? Or oh, you didn't go him, did you? You went for Satura over Saab. Yeah, but I don't think. I think it was much of a muchness. But yeah, I thought Fusatur played pretty well, and I thought Saab played okay too. But I mean, it just the game setup didn't really suit them. So I think either of them are capable on their day. But it's just that type of year. There's not many cheap options out there so um i mean you know, some of the like uh more expensive options like ferguson and toto and and that look look great but and you know if you're prepared to pay for cape well which i was but uh yeah it's tough to get a balance when you've got a player like teddy that you've got to have in the side that costs that much and then you've got a player like cleary that that costs as much as well so that's the challenge for super coaches this year it is, mate. The uh, the likes of Saab, Fusatua, Nu, uh, if they stink it up this week, they'll be an easy trade to someone like David Mead or one of the other outside backs, uh, cheapy outside backs if they go big. Uh, Terrell Fuimaono, uh, pretty pretty good numbers from Fuimaono. Um, he was a late uh, inclusion into my team, which I was happy with uh, at the time. Pretty decent work rate, predominantly tackles, but uh, he played 50 played 60 minutes or 59 minutes, had 46 in base. He switched between lock and on the edge there. Uh, Josh Kerr went off for a 10-minute HIA, which I think Fuimiona came back on. So maybe increased his game time a little bit, but pretty good numbers at 259K. Desi, I don't think you're an owner. Does he interest you? 
I do have him, in fact. I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was pretty impressed by him. I, I always have been, in fact. I've always thought he does have a bit of super coach pedigree about him. Just his running game. He's got he's got a tackle bus. He's got a spin out of tackles. He can he can offload as well. So yeah, I was pretty impressed with his numbers, considering it was a rain affected game. And yeah, obviously moving moving to an edge late is also gonna help his um, attacking attacking base and a couple of late offloads. You never know. He could uh, become a serious money making machine. Mm, be good to see. And yeah, it was obviously a bit of a coach's favourite there getting the start in round one. Uh, whilst Offahiki Ogden, another bloke that I jumped on, and uh, not incredible numbers, but really good minutes there at the Dogs. He's been named to start again this week, played 51 minutes, scored 39, again in that pouring rain game against the Knights, had 41 in base, uh, looked all right, 243K. Is he a guy that interests you? Um, 243K, did you say, Timmy? Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess. You know, like he's not a guy that, has really been on my radar, but it's that type of year where, you know, someone will toss someone up and, you know, he's probably a value proposition if you wanted to go that way. It gives you a reason to watch the Canterbury game. So um, I don't know. Good look at him, I guess. But, I mean, he's not someone who overly excites me. So um, I doubt that he'd be coming into my side. But in saying that, I am looking for an option to possibly downgrade Lodge and mm. some money out of him. So that gives me a chance where I can make, I don't know, 60K maybe or 40, 50 or 60K. Yeah, for sure, mate. I mean, he t- ticks a few boxes early on. Yeah, not, as I said, not the most exciting Supercoach player to watch, but certainly worth consideration. Uh, another guy, and last on the list for now, is Spencer Lenu at the Panthers, who uh, I think he averaged about 20 minutes per game last year, so not overly enticing. Um, looked like with a few vacancies there in the front row that he'd get more time. He did. He played 37 minutes, 46 points, had 42 in base at 218K. Des, are you an owner? And if you're not, uh, what are your thoughts? No, I'm not an owner. I, I, yeah, I didn't realise he was going <laughs> to come out and do that. He, he seriously run the ball really hard. He definitely has a, a good work rate and uh, he looks dangerous when he, every time he runs it. So, yeah, I think I'll look to get him in. Not this week, because I'm prioritising getting in uh, our man Cody Walker. But I think next week I'll bring him straight in for the injured Matt Lodge. Mm, yeah, I'd love to have another look at him uh, and get him next week. But I think I'm probably going to have to go early and go Lodge to him. Uh, but again, I've got a few other things I've got to weigh up. Just the minutes at the Panthers are all over the shop a little bit. Villiami Kickout playing only 43. Appy Coruscant 48. I'd like to give it a week and just see how they pan out. Um, but obviously, Lenny's got to be a pretty serious option for those lodge owners who need, need to move him on this week. Um, guys, if you are keen on our subscription package at SC Playbook, it's $30 for the NRL package, $40 for the NRL and BBL package. That's the, the full deal for the year. Gives you plenty of extra articles each round, which will be rolling out uh, each and every single week, as well as access to our subscriber special Q&A podcast, where we guarantee that we'll answer your subscriber questions each week. Uh, and it obviously gets you in contention as well for the, the major prize for our unlimited group. Uh, Lad, big start on the cheapies, but I think they, they will cover most of uh, what we'll talk about in the uh, the major team analysis. And we start with the Eels and the Storm at 8.05pm at Bankwest Stadium on Thursday night. At Parramatta, all this information from NRL.com, by the way, just the one change for the Eels with Murata Niakore returning from a two-game suspension for a crusher tackle. Uh, in last year's qualifying final. That pushes Keegan Hipgrave 
drave to the reserves. Ray Stone is among the reserves as he nears a return from injury. Uh, Walsh, what are your thoughts at the Parramatta Eels? I know one guy that was on your radar was Reid Marnie, uh, who had a massive ton in his first game of the season. Um, what are your thoughts elsewhere? Because between Junior Paulo, Ryan Madison, Nathan Brown, uh, Isaiah Papali'i, who you were huge on, there's a lot going on in that pack. There is a lot going on. I was pretty impressed by Isaiah Papali'i and the way he played. Um, and then I looked at his score, and I, I'm not sure if it was overly impressive. I'm not. I actually didn't have a look back at what he ended up scoring after updates. But, uh, okay, so he got 64, which is definitely a value proposition, but you have to pay 408000 for him. So, mm. um, and my question mark over him, a player like him and uh, actually more so Lenu, like when Penrith got in front, uh, player uh, Moses Leota, who's an origin player, I think he played the last origin for New South Wales, um, if I'm not mistaken, but he only played 33 minutes. Like you said, Kikau only played 40 minutes. So I'm wondering if these guys are getting inflated minutes for some reason, um, even though Lenu passed the eye test massively and Papali is the same, Papali, sorry, is the same. Like he was awesome to watch. It's the best footy he's ever played. He played really good at the Warriors, but it looked like the new rules suited him. You know, high hit-up rate, high work rate, even breaking a few tackles. But I just wonder whether he's going to sustain those type of minutes or they're going to play someone like a Nathan Brown, longer minutes. Um, and you've also got Murata near Cora coming back into that pack um, over Keegan Hipgrave. Now, Keegan Hipgrave to me is like a 20 to 30-minute impact player, whereas Murata near Cora is a genuine 40 to 50-minute player off the bench. So... Um, I'm going to sit out on Papali at the moment. Exactly. And yeah, particularly near Corey can definitely play as, as much middle as he can an edge. Um, whereas Hipgrave, you know, I mean, he can play a little bit in the middle if he needs to, but he's more of an edge player. Um, Desi, at the Eels for you, did any of them pique your interest? And just quickly on what Walsh said, um, so easy to fall into these traps in round one, early in the season, new rules, faster game, um, blokes having blowouts and not quite getting to full fitness, the blowout score lines, uh, all things we need to be really, really careful of. Um, Des, who do you like at the Eels? And what about my boy, Fergie Ferg? Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed in myself for not starting with Virgo. <laughs> I said all preseason I would. I had him all last season, and then he goes and does that to me. Uh, I deserved it. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Eels' chances in this one. Actually, um, I think they do have a massive forward pack to bring it to Melbourne, as long as they cut down on their sort of errors and penalty count. Um, I can see huge games for Junior Paulo, Madison. But, yeah, I think Pappenhausen is also a solid VC choice for this game if you have the guts to reserve Teddy for that Tigers matchup. Um, but, yeah, I can just see all Supercoach relevant players scoring plenty. Um, Brown and Moses, they'll need to bring their A game to take on Munster and Hughes in that battle. Um, I also like the hooker matchup in this one as well. Um, I think Marnie will be uh, up against it going against the cheese. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure he's going to score 130 points again, um, put it that way. But, yeah, I think he's becoming more and more super coach relevant as he looks to sort of up his running game and continue making 55 tackles a game. Like, he's becoming harder and harder to look past as a genuine keeper at hooker this year, I think, Reid Miney. Yeah, man, I, I, I 
I'm not convinced on him. It's certainly looking better. And, I mean, what a start from him, 134 points, 61 in base, his serious numbers. Um, plenty of attacking stats to go with him. I can see him being that 5 to 550K, 80-minute player and being still probably a category or two but below the absolute guns of Supercoach, although we've got a few queries over those guns of Supercoach already. Uh, and just one note on Fergie Ferg. Uh, as much as I still advocate him as a buy, I think I'd be waiting till next week uh, unless you're happy to cop a potentially low score in this one. We know how good Melbourne are at stifling points from opposition supercoach players, so I can see Fergie going not overly high in this one. Um, but if he's a guy you'd bring in next week, maybe you bite the bullet and go early anyway. Whilst over at the Storm, same side as last week, Brent Lee still not available, nor are Harry Grant and Dale Finucane, who are a few weeks away. Uh, I suppose the big ones there... In Supercoach terms, were we know Pappenhausen went massive. Munster was very solid, as expected. But Brandon Smith and Christian Welch, who were pretty popular last week, what were your thoughts on those guys? Uh, yeah, I had the cheese. Um, I wasn't overly disappointed with him. I thought his minutes were quite good. I think he played about 70 minutes. Um, didn't really go his way, the game style. Um, so I think he's capable of still punching out 60s and 70s. I, I, I'd be lying if I said I haven't considered um, trading him because he's one of the few people in my team that I'm not totally committed to. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about him later when he comes up in the team list. But, you know, uh, Andrew Davey is a bloke that's coming straight into my side because he's been named in the run-on side for Manly and uh, I've got to find a way to get him in. So um, it might be that I have to get – that I have to – get rid of Brandon Smith and maybe watch those games and hope he doesn't go well But because um, I'm playing him in the second row at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, at this stage he's up in the air for me, but I didn't think he went too bad. Christian Welsh, I think he is what you, you paid for. You'll get what you paid for. I don't think he'll be over uh, over and above that. I think, you know, it'll be pretty standard with the Melbourne forwards. So that I could be wrong, but um, I think he'll be pretty standard. Yeah. Desi, what were your thoughts over at the Storm and obviously in particular those guys as well, Smith and Welch? Yeah, I tend to agree with uh, Walsh on Christian Welsh. I mean, 50 minutes, 52 points. I just don't see him going deviating from that too much. I mean, he he was close to bagging that try, which would have been huge for um, for Cheese and Welsh owners. But, you know, he, he's not going to, yeah, he's not going to score tries every week. I, I'd assume he's going to average around 55 58 around that so yeah you are just pretty much getting what you pay for don't don't think he's going to go up or down in price too much um as for cheese i think yeah he's i think you'd probably hold him if you're not if you're not uh, looking to do what walston's trying to do but yeah I, th- I think he definitely has potential to go big in a game like this um yeah i, th- I think he's solid Friday, 6pm at Central Coast Stadium. Walsh's Warriors versus the Knights at the Warriors. Huge blow for them and so disappointing. But Senna Aitken is likely to have surgery this week for a high ankle sprain. Looks set to be sidelined for eight to ten weeks at a minimum by the sounds of it. Uh, his place has been taken by Adam Pompey. Jack Murchie comes on to the extended bench. Uh, Walsh, what are your thoughts on your Warriors, mate? Uh, your big preseason call of Cody Nicarima delivered with a, a pretty strong start to his year with goal-kicking duties intact. And I suppose the other the bits to talk about in the forward pack between AFB, who had a big start, Bailey Sheeran, who went well but in limited minutes. Um, what have you got for us, mate? Yeah, it's a, it's 
Uh, it's a pretty stacked forward pack, eh? I just love the way they played and they just kept it very forward-centric and, you know, I think like AFB said, we're going to kick the front door down and that's basically what they did. They just kept pounding, and pounding, and pounding. So you can expect a lot of tries like that. Now, against the better defences, that scramble and, and that type of thing and where they can't isolate blokes like um, Fogarty on the line, they might have have to open up their attacking game a little bit more, but... Yeah, it was it was really refreshing to see the game plan that they played. They all believed in it, and um, they went through with it. I, I don't think, I, even though um, I thought Aiken was a huge buy for them, I don't think he's a massive loss. They have a lot of depth in that position. Adam Pompey's an up and coming player. He's really good. I had a quick look at his price. Unfortunately, he's mid range price. I think he's three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand or something in SuperCoach, and that's because he is a good player. Um, and he played some good footy towards the end of last year. So he's not really an option to bring in for Supercoach. Um, I think AFB was outstanding. Um, I think he's an option. Um, but at this stage, I'm just going to sit and watch and enjoy him playing. Um, I think, like like I said, I think Cody Nicarim is set for a career year. Um, and he played pretty well, but I don't think he played as well as he can play. Um, when he takes the ball to line. What interests me the most was Tohu Harris was named at 13, but he played um, right side second row. Now, that's a key position because anyone running outside Cody, um, when he skips outside a player and punches into that hole, which will be Tohu, is likely to score a lot better. He didn't get one away um, on the weekend, but I think that brings Tohu in as a serious, serious play because he's he's going to play 80 minutes. He's going to score, you know, 65 plus every game and then if he can jag those tries and line breaks and maybe a few offloads on the back of it he could easily get his average up to 75 80 so that's the guy that probably piqued my interest i think bailey siren and i'm not really sure exactly what they're going to do with him he probably retains his spot there because he played so well um but like you said there's a lot of forwards there um you know, working against each other for minutes. So that's a tough thing with the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, Tohu playing 80 there, Elias Katoa, you'd think they'd be trying to build him towards an 80-minute player, at least 60 to 65. So Bailey playing sort of that middle role. They've named four middles on the bench. Again, obviously Murdoch Masili can jump onto the edge when needed as well. But um, Bailey Siren and 50 minutes, just a little bit hard to have there for me unless he comes in and plays bigger time this week, which I can't see happening. Um, has anything to add on to Walsh's uh, in-depth insights on the Warriors there? No, I think he's pretty much hit the nail on the head, especially mm-hmm. with uh, Fenua Blake. I think he's just an absolute machine. And I think we'll all start to really want to get him in in the next two or three weeks. Yep. At the night, uh, same side as last week, which were fairly impressive in the rain, albeit against uh, not overly impressive Doggies outfit. Connor Watson was a late switch to the bench, which just like sent me and everyone else in the Supercoach community into raptures. That was panic stations. I didn't have many people better to play in front of him, so uh, particularly with the rain around. So I ended up playing him, got out of jail a little bit. Uh, there was an injury to, I think it was Kurt Martin, so he probably came back on a little bit earlier, set up a try, and all in all looked pretty good. Has been named to start again this week, which is encouraging with a four-forward bench. Kurt Mann's been named again, which is surprising. They they were talking MCL about him early on, so we'll see what uh, comes back later in the week with him. Phoenix Crossland could come into that side of him if he's no good. Um, Desi, who do you like at the Knights? Um, I think it's very important at the Knights to see massively inflated minutes. 
Uh, was it Bradman Best might have been the other one who went off injured on the weekend. Kurt Mann went off very early. So Clement played 74 minutes. Um, Daniel Saifidi played pretty big minutes, scored a double. I mean, you're already a Mitch Barnett owner who's probably going to be one of the most popular pick this week. Lots of options, namely in the pack. And, mate, Jaden Braley's another one. Who, who do you like there? Yeah, I really like the look of Jaden Braley, actually. I was I was tossing up between bringing him in for uh, Coruscant. It was out of Braley and Reid Marnie, so I'm, I'm still sort of undecided on that one. I think he really has potential. Um, he's definitely upped his game a bit. Um, yeah, obviously Clemmer's minutes were absurd. Mm. Um, I, I don't see him doing that every week. But yeah, obviously Barnett is the big one. Um, 3% ownership. It was just a no-brainer to get him with the goal-kicking duties. And even when Ponga comes back and takes it off him, I just think... His work rate, his credentials, uh, he could be a second-row forward keeper this season as long as he stays on 80 minutes um, out on that edge. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll be a keeper in the second row unless he's goal-kicking just because of the calibre that he's up against. Um, when you've got your Ryan Madison, your Angus Crichton, your Tao Malolos when he inevitably hits back at some point, I think Cam Murray's going to go through the roof. <clears throat> uh, but look again, if he's playing 80 minutes, and if he's on that left edge, which I assume he will be with Frizz on the right, when Caelan Pong comes back, that is just a try scorer's paradise. So, mate, there could be a lot of tries in there for him this year. Um, and, yeah, as I said, maybe even when KP comes back, who knows, if he's striking them well, KP's not the best goalkeeper in the world. So, uh, who knows what will happen. Uh, Walls, what are your thoughts on the Knights? And has that game on the weekend given you interest in a uh, few of their forwards? Yeah, that's a really good point, Timmy. I, um, I was shocked that Barnett was 4.5% owned. Absolutely shocked. I thought, you know, and that's probably how we've got the jump a little bit on um, the pack. I mean, we're right up there, but um, he's been a big part of it. But, yeah, I I didn't think that. Uh, but you, you're probably right. He might even keep the goal kicking for the season. I, I like. I was sort of going to say I'd sort of disagree with Desi and I'm going to get rid of him when Ponga comes back and takes over the goal kicking. But the two points that you both made, which is Ponga's going to be feeding him the ball on that left side and then also – he could retain the goal kick and makes me um, think twice about that. Um, I'm a bit like Des. I'm considering Braley. I'm considering Marnie. I might sit on it for an extra week because I think they've both got tough matchups and I don't think either of them will go massive this week. And if they do, that might confirm my decision of who I go to. Um, I thought Pierce was impressive, but he can always be a bit up and down. And um, yeah, I mean, Saifidi, obviously the two tries, but Saifidi. Is just becoming one of those really elite front rowers. So um, I thought he was really, really good last year. So he's, he's definitely one to watch. Yeah, I literally think I just taught myself into Mitch Barnett mid-sentence before. I, I was probably going to dodge him just because I was scared of Ponga coming back and kicking. But uh, in the space of very little time, I'm all of a sudden very keen on Mitch Barnett. Uh, we'll see if it pans off in the trades or not. Moving on. Oh, and sorry, just quickly on that one. I'm with you. I, I definitely want to have another look at all the hookers this week before going early on any of them. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Braley than Marnie just because he's that 120k cheaper. That being said, if Marnie does go well again this week, he could be a really easy stepping stone and quick stepping stone to one of the gun hookers, namely Harry Grant when he comes back from injury around three or four. So uh, tough one, but I think it's worth having another look at all of them, including Jacob Little. Titans v Broncos, Friday 8.05 at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast at the Titans. Philip Sammy gets a 
Preve, after being left out of the side last week, called up to replace Brian Kelly, who's out with a fractured hand, we believe, for about three weeks, which is a massive blow to his owners. Kelly wasn't great super coach wise, but he had a base of about 37 or 39, I think it was, which is, uh, I think, which is basically the reason people bought him. David Fafida only played 70 minutes. That's because he was in hospital for two days with an infection uh, leading into the game. I don't know how he got 70 minutes out of him anyway and still managed to score well. Tino Fasuo Malawi also scored pretty well with 60 points in about 65 minutes. Um, Desi, I think the main points probably at the Titans are. Jamal Fogarty, who a few people were interested in, didn't score overly well. Uh, and then the big two are Fafida and Fasur Malawi. What were your opinions on them? Yeah, I, I thought uh, David Fafida was good, um, considering he'd been in hospital. And yeah, 60 points in 70 minutes is better than he was doing at the Broncos in, in base starts, that's for sure. I think, uh, yeah, he could cause some major headaches for his old team in this matchup. I, I think he's possibly even a VC option. If you went, if you wanted to go against the grain a little bit and just hope he picks up a double, goes 130 plus. Um, as for Tino, I mean, he he pretty much did as we expected, um, and that's that's kind of why I I was put off him. Uh, we we sort of knew that he was going to play around that 60 to 65 minutes, and I mean, like his upside is obviously there. He moved to the edge late, but you know he, he's just he's no Junior Paulo. You'd rather pay the 70k premium, surely. And just and have Paulo there. He's he's just more dangerous. Yeah, I don't know, mate. I, I, the way I saw it, sixty-five minutes, um, a few extra minutes. Then Paulo, fifty-two in base, no attacking stats. Attacking stats are going to come for Fasil Malawi. I'm absolutely certain of it. At that seventy k cheaper, not necessarily saying he's better than Paulo, but I'm just as happy as a Fasil Malawi owner, dual second row, front row, uh, as I am Paulo. What what are your thoughts on that one, Wells? Oh, no, I've got Paulo in a class above him, uh, super coach-wise, but that's just um, my opinion. He, I know that you know people will say, oh, Paulo got saved by the late try, but Paulo offers so much with offloads. And um, as yet, you know, Tino hasn't really shown that he's going to have an offload game. Uh, what worries me a little bit about him, I, I, by the way, I think both Tino and David Fafita will have massive games against the Broncos because... They're mm. sort of a weaker defence and there's a lot of blokes in there that if they can find the bloke, the right person to run at, like a Brody Croft or that, they'll get some tackle breaks. So, um, But Tino goes on these sort of Andrew Fafita-like runs across the field, but the problem is he doesn't sort of palm off the players as he goes. So from a super coach point of view, it would be great if he sort of engaged everyone, yeah. you know, broke three tackles on his way to doing it, but... He sort of runs sideways like a big kid playing under seven and then he gets to the outside of it and then someone tackles him underneath the ball and he goes to the ground and it sort of takes away a lot of his impetus. So I'm not really sure what he's trying to do there or maybe, you know, the Warriors just handled him really well and had good defence and he'll do it against the Broncos and he'll be really effective with it. But he did it like three or four times and it's sort of strange. You don't see it in the modern game very much. So, um I'm sure he'll find his game. I mean, I, I wasn't really keen on Tino, but then it was one like Charlie Staines that I put in there because I didn't want to go too – I wanted to keep my side in with a chance early. Um, so I'm going to hang on to him because 60 wasn't too bad and he didn't get any attacking stats and I'll definitely hang on to him for the Broncos, but then I'll reassess it after this week. Yeah. 
Over at the Broncos, Xavier Coates, Johnny Asiata, both cleared of injury. Matty Lodge expected to miss two to three weeks with his hamstring injury. Tommy Flegler starts for the Broncos. Uh, Desi, any interest in the Broncos? Tevita Pangai Jr. was enormous. I think what he scored played 38 minutes, which I couldn't understand unless they were just easing him in with his injury history from the, uh, the preseason. 38 minutes, what do you have? 75, 80 points, about seven offloads there. Mate, if he gets minutes, he'll be anything. Um, and there's probably not too much interest outside of him in that pack in that we're all probably Jordan Ricky owners already. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have big roughs for TBJ. I mean, 79 points in 38 minutes, seven offloads all. Yeah, and he was throwing them, he was throwing them like at his try line as well uh, with only like four or five minutes left to go. So, you know, he's just going to throw them this season. He's been given the license to just go. And yeah, like you said, if his minutes go from from 38, 40 to 50, 55, then I think he's, he will no doubt be the best front row forward in Supercoach this season. And, like, I can see him averaging up in the 80s and just being an absolute must-have. How many minutes would you want to see him playing before you buy, mate? Probably 50-ish. 50-ish is enough, as long as he's throwing seven offloads a game. Mm, yeah. Uh, Wallace, what are your thoughts to the Bronx? Oh, I'm not sure seven offloads a game sustainable, but TPJ was pretty... Impressive. You always get dragged in by him and then I've owned him a fair few times over the years and he sort of teases and teases but he never quite gets there, if you know if you know what I mean. Like, something always goes wrong with him, doesn't it? Yeah, he? it's always injury or he does something you just got You've got to pick him up for the good run. He'll go on yeah. a good run and average 100 over like six or seven weeks and then he'll, yeah, then he'll start getting himself sin-binned. Yeah, it's like a good crypto stock, Desi. When yeah. sell, sell him when he's at peak at about seven fifty k. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but it's hard to know when he's gonna when he's gonna peak and when he's gonna have his brain explosion. So uh, I'm a bit risk averse getting into the older age group now. So I'll probably give him a miss. I think so. But yeah, like I mean, Carrigan, you get what you pay for with Carrigan. Milford's probably the one that I'm sort of interested in because a lot of their game plans around him and you know. Kevin Walters has been brought in as a bit of a Milford whisperer, but I don't think I could do it to myself. But uh, at the moment, I've got Lamb, who's 330K, and then Milford's 300K. So I actually make money by selling for Milford. And like, there's no doubt Milford's a better player than Lamb. So in my head, I'm just sort of trying to compute that because, you know, I've really picked Lamb because he's in such a good team, but Kiri is just so dominant in that rooster side, is he actually going to see any ball? Yeah, well, I mean, now that uh, now that I know that Brisbane have the Milford Whisperer, I'm sort of uh, tempted to go with him whilst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, moving on to the Doggies and Panthers, 3pm Saturday at Bankwest Stadium in Parramatta. At the Doggies, General Mar- Jeremy Marshall King is back from a foot injury and takes Brad Dietz's spot on the bench. Uh, Raymond for Taylor Mariner starts in the back row in place of Corey Waddell, which I thought was a bit of an odd one in round one anyway, so that makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, and a big watch on Raymond for Taylor Mariner, who has potential this season. Fellas, I'll get through the dogs pretty quick because there's not much to talk about. We've spoken about Offahiki Ogden. Jack Hetherington, a uh, little bit of appeal, 294K, played a big 58 minutes. His output just isn't there. Um, 0.6 PPM, base of 37 in that time. Uh, do he, does he keep up those minutes? I'm not confident he does. Just doesn't really appeal to me one iota. And then Jake Avrilo is the other one who a few people took a gamble on in round one. Um, he struggled and, again, probably wasn't – well, certainly wasn't helped by the wet conditions. But 
Kyle Flanagan played a pretty dominant role in the halves in that side. Avrilo based 14. He's not kicking goals. Uh, look, I'd be willing to get out and sell him. If you want to have one more look at him, of course you can. Moving on to Penrith, who have a lot more Supercoach relevant. Same 17 as last week, although, yeah, Scott Sorensen, the only addition in the extended bench. Appy Coruscant, about 48 minutes there. I think Viliami Kikau was 43 minutes. Kurt Capel, 65 about Kurt Capel, 66 Isaiah Yo, 69 minutes. Um, some really interesting game time in that pack. Um, Desi, what do you make of the Panthers? Uh, again, we could speak about this side for days um, with all the options they've got there. Uh, who do you like and dislike? Yeah, I think the one that actually stood out to me, I, I think I told you boys at the time, was Jerome Luai. I mean, he looked absolutely electric. Mm. If he keeps seeing that much ball... I can't see why he doesn't average as much as Cody Walker and Munster at the five eighth position this season. So I, I just think yeah, he might be he might be underpriced at uh, five hundred and something k, which whatever he is. I, I think he's underpriced. I think he's a six hundred k player. Yeah, it could be a sneaky, uh, very good get there from the spy, um, Desi. If you owned Appy Corsair, would you be giving him one more lifeline with forty eight minutes, or would you be cutting early? I, I do own him, so yeah, oh. I'm, I'm cutting him, cutting my losses. I'll probably bring in Reid Marnie for that trade up to Harry Grant by round four. That's my my position on Coruscant. I think he did actually get injured. Um, that's why his minutes were cut back. I, I think he was set to play like 65-ish right. minutes, but yeah, I, I still think he's a trade if he's not playing 80. Yeah, um, whilst over to your thoughts on the Panthers, I, I was uh, jumping on Kurt Capel with you as well. Um, not enormous stats, but we didn't necessarily expect him to play 80. We thought 80 would be a bonus. Uh, he got, I think, 67 minutes there, scored at a point a minute. We know he had the try and the line break, but, um, I mean, there's nothing to say that he can't continue scoring tries. He's not going to score to try again, but he's in a very good side, running off some good footballers, uh, and he's a very good one himself. Mate, uh, who do you like at the Panthers? Yeah, I think Capewell's, you know, solid um, and... He gives you he gives you that solidarity in a position that's really hard center wing. Um, you, yes, you have to pay more for him, but um, with some of the uh, you know cheapies that I've got in center wing, I really need that. Like to know that I'm going to go there and get at least forty. I think he'll give you at least forty, um, and that's good. You know because at the moment it's a bit of a wasteland that that center wing position. So um, uh, Cleary, definite Brian Toto. Yeah, I'd love to be able to get him into my side, but just don't think I'll be able to. And I'm I'm with um, I'm with Des and the Spy. I think Jerome Luai is a legitimate pod option to Munster and Cody Walker. I just think they're going to be a left dominant side, and um, and that's why I don't overly like Charlie Staines, but. I'm going to stick with him as long as I have to, I guess. But, um, yeah, that's why I really like Jerome Luai because that left-hand edge is just going to be lethal, I think. Yeah. Uh, Stacks of interest at the Panthers, uh, and they'll be very prominent in Supercoach again this year. Guys, we've linked up with Top Sport this season. We'll be previewing plenty of their markets throughout the season. Uh, We did it on the weekend and started off with a bit of a bang, four from four correct punts. Uh, we That was including our $8.74 multi, which paid off as well. So good start to the year. If it pay, uh, continues on, happy days, but won't get the confidence up too much. Now, we'll see how we go. If you do want to check them out, it's at topsport.com.au. 
Um, and if you were interested in joining up, you can use the, the code SC Playbook when doing so in caps uh, with no space. If you're doing it, 18 plus and gamble responsibly. Uh, guys, moving on to our bold predictions. As I said, we missed out on them last week because we were too hyped up for the first team this Tuesday of the year. You boys managed to get them out on Twitter, so I will read those out, which you're probably dreading and hoping I wasn't going to do, but I did sniff them out. Desi, you're out of a little bit of trouble. Yours weren't. Yours were actually pretty good, to be honest, mate. TKO, TKO and Paulo 170 plus combined. Whack, you nailed that. Tino sub 60. He got 60. So, mate, that's a fail. Um, but, mate, that's a fail. Oh, pretty harsh. Tino, quote, Tino sub 60. All right, all right. He got 60, mate. I'm not. Not here to give pass marks for fails, all right? All right, all right. Ferg, we got high standards in bold predictions. I don't know why because we never get them right. <laughs> Fergo to score a double and Dylan Brown to assist both. It's a fail, but it's one of the better fails. Not as good as a Tino sub-60 fail, but Fergo did score one, had an assist. Uh, I don't know if Dylan Brown had any assist, but looked pretty good. So, mate, one out of three. So, it's only up from there. We'll take it. Um, could be worse. It could be Wilson Carlos. Nathan Brown, 75-plus, fail. Not by a lot, but again, Eliezer Katoa and Cody Nikarima, 140 combined. Uh, they had 115. Not a long way off, but not quite there. Uh, and then Lockie Lamb to go 60-plus. Whilst, mate, you've started where you left off last year. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty ordinary, Timmy. But... <laughs> I mean, they're cold, they're cold pole projections for a reason. You're meant to, they're meant to get, you're meant to get them wrong, realistically. Yeah, True. If, you from, yeah. if you got three from three, they wouldn't be very bold, would they? Um, Desi, fire us up for this week, mate. What have you got? For for this week, I've got uh, Cody Walker, 120 plus. So <laughs> I'm, I'm keen on him. Weather permit, that one. I think if, if it is pouring rain, we'll, we'll tone it down to 90 plus. Um, and then I've got Paps and Cleary to combine for 200 plus. And lastly, David Fafita to score two tries for 130 plus. Oh, that's bold, mate. I like that a lot against the uh, against the old side. Whilst, mate, what have you got? Oh, just the weather's putting me off with these boys. <laughs> I know I'm just going to cop a hiding for these next week, but uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to go. Um, uh, you didn't go AFB, did you, Desi? Did you go AFB? No, no. I'm going to go AFB 80 plus. Uh, I think he's due for a try, even though it's only the second round of the season. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Des. I'm not sure what he said with David Fafita, but I'm going to go David Fafita, a hundred plus. Uh, is that bold enough? Yeah, I'll pay that. Yep, and I'm going to go Jerome Luai, uh, hundred and twenty-five plus. Yeah, I like it. Jeez, that's bold, mate. Very, that's good stuff. Um, fellas, and whilst no matter what we give to you, it won't be a quarter as bad as what we give to the Supercoach spot every week. So <clears throat> just think it could be worse. Uh, I'll go with stick to the Fafita theme and I'll go with Tino and Fafita to go 160 plus. I'll go Marnie and Little to struggle in the wet conditions against very strong defensive outfits. They'll both go sub 50. And then my boy Cam Murray is going to go 100 plus. How are they, boys? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I think they're pretty bold. I don't I know like about Murray. Little, little's probably yeah, likely to go sub 50, but Marnie, that's that's pretty bold. I don't know. Like, 
he probably makes 50 tackles in the wet. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Hmm. He made 51 tackles last week, so I figured uh, that was that was not a bad start. Any attacking stats, and I'm in strife as well. Um, let's hope we can kick it off with a bit of form, boys. Moving on to the Seagulls and Rabbitohs, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at Lotto Land. Uh, at Manly, just the one change in a very big Supercoach relevant one. Andrew Davies starts in place of Jack Gazuski. Uh, massive pain for Supercoach because a lot of us probably would have started with him as a mid-ranger last week. I'm looking at anyone who started with Jacob Host, probably would have had Davey if this happened last week. Um, whilst he's you, – you reckon you'll bring him in this week? Oh, I've got to. I mean, I'm just I'm just committed to him mentally. I prepared myself all pre-season for him. <laughs> so, and I think he showed enough. Like, I mean, he only had a small sample size on, on, on the weekend, but I was sure that Desi was going to turn up and just name exactly the same side because that's what he normally does in a situation like this. Backs to the wall, he digs his heels in and he says, nut stuff, I'm not going to show that I can get this same side up that got flogged last week. And for him to make that change shows you how much Andrew Davey, that's the only change that made in the side, like the run-on side. Um, I know mm. cussed onto the bench, but that, that was a joke, Croker, being, <laughs> being a hooker and having no one on the bench. So... Um, I think he was taking the piss a bit there, Desi. But, um, yeah, like Andrew Davey, to me, is a, just a super coach gun in the waiting. So I'm hoping that his minutes hold up. I know they've got Sean Kepi, Paseka and Kazuski on the bench. So there's a possibility he plays less than uh, 80. Um, but I'm just hoping it's somewhere from between 65 and 80 minutes. Yeah, huge, huge watch. I think... I mean, you're braver than I am, mate, going early, but you said you're all in on him. You're all in him throughout the preseason. Uh, I'll be having a big look at him and just seeing the minutes he plays because um, you, you do want to see him playing sort of 60-plus to warrant consideration. He's in the, I think he's about 330K, um, but a massive buy for me for next week. I don't think there's any need to go early. Uh, over at the Rabbitohs, Rabbitohs, Josh Mansour and Jacob Host both dropped. Jackson Paulo comes into the wing. Keon Kalamatangi starts on the edge in place of host. Patrick Margaret comes onto the bench. Tom Burgess has been cleared of serious injury, but uh, is every chance of not playing this week. Uh, obviously, has been named at prop as well. Dry Arrow has been kept on the bench for now. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him start on the edge for Kalamatangi, or if Tom Burgess doesn't play, he'll come straight into the front row. Regardless, I think within a week or two, he'll be a starting player on what we saw against the Storm. Uh, Desi, who do you like at the Bunnies? Um, they Their Supercoach players got out of jail pretty well against that Storm outfit down there after the first half. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Luttrell was looking absolutely spectacular. Probably the best we've seen him in years. He was uh, He was actually looking to run the ball out of his own half. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely upped his work rate and he's tackle busting. He's, uh, yeah, he was looking really potent in attack, that whole left edge of the bunnies. I mean, we can say it time and time again, you've got to have at least one of them, I think. And that's kind of why I'm bringing in Cody Walker this week. I just, I don't think you can win super coach without at least one of that bunnies left edge. So I'm, I'm just biting, I'm biting the bullet. And I think. I think yeah, weather weather permit, this should be a bloodbath for the bunnies. I just I think Manley's walking in from into trouble from 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 trouble last week into more trouble this week. 
Yeah, and kudos to Latrell. Anyone who started with Latrell, I'm still firmly in the corner of a Teddy and Pappy combination at fullback, uh, but he came out, he had 15 runs, he had 30 points in base. I mean, when Latrell's, when Latrell Mitchell is running that many times in a game, the attacking stats, uh, they're going to come, basically. Um, he had a stack of them there. I think he had nine tackle busts or something, a try, a try assist, a couple of line breaks, serious, serious numbers, and then four offloads on top of it just to add a bit of spice to it. Um, whilst anything to add at the Bunnies? No, I just really respect uh, Wayne Bennett's decision to pull the trigger on Mansour so early. I mean, he was mm. he he had a terrible game. Like respect to him because he's been, you know, such a good NRL player. But um, like Jackson Paulo has got some talent as well. You know, just imagine what I keep thinking is like the Roosters have this bloke called Joseph Suwali sitting in their system that they push from South Sydney. He should be playing on that right, you know, on that wing. You know, he should be playing on playing on that right wing for the Rabbitohs. Like they should have kept him there and got the exemption, and um, he'd be a star at the Rabbitohs. But now he's sitting behind all these players at the Roosters, just waiting for an injury, basically, or for for one of the Morris boys to get rested because they're so old. You know, so um, I just want to see Suwali play grade every week. You know, I'm excited to see him play because he's got such big raps on him. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys versus Dragons, QCB Stadium in Townsville, 7.35 Saturday night. Uh, <clears throat> we'll get through this one very quickly, fellas. Uh, I've got to get myself to footy training, pulling the boots back on this year. So if you want to see a skinny white boy get belted by a bunch of big units, get your way down to the Shire because there's going to be plenty of that this year, I can guarantee it. Desi at the Cows, Jason Taumalolo, the big talking point, stunk it up. What it was about 35 points on the weekend. Uh, mate, I don't think any of us are owners. Would you be biting the bullet and selling Tam Lolo this week? Or um, we know how good a player he is. He's been given a rev up by Todd Payton. Would you be giving him one more week? No, I'd probably just bite the bullet and sell him. I think, yeah, 51 minutes, 36 points. It says it all. Um, if yeah, if he if he does sort of come to his senses, it'll be in two or three weeks' time when Tam Lolo's dropped 150K in price and you can pick him, pick him up for dirt cheap. And he mm. and he's back on big minutes. I think that's the the hope that we all have for him. Couldn't agree more, mate. Especially uh, if the cows go zero and five, and he's dirt cheap, and and Toddy Payton starts to sweat a little bit. I mean, he spent time on the edge as well in that fifty-one minutes. So just despite how good we know he is and how good he, we know he'll come good, but uh, he just looks overpriced at the moment based on what we've seen. And whilst over at the Dragons, I think probably the only real talking points there we've spoken about. Fui Maiono was a decent cheapie. Uh, you you were pretty impressed by Ben Hunt, who had three try assists and could be the man to fill that uh, that tough second halfback spot at the moment. Yeah, it could be, but you're probably going to be relying on um, him getting that type of stats every week. And will he get them? You know, he's capable of line breaks and tries as well. Um, and it seems like the play's revolving around him. But I think you need to have a look at what they play like with Corey Norman back there. Um, a couple of those try assists would be pretty soft too. They were just bombs that he put up and, um, you know, the fullback struggled with them for Cronulla or something happened, but they would, they definitely weren't. They were more lucky than anything. Uh, Paul Vaughan interests me somewhat because he has been super coach relevant in the past, a pretty good output there, 73 points. Um, he did have a line break though, um, but I think he had six tackle breaks. Uh, wouldn't be touching Dufty. I, I think he's... His spot in the side is very tenuous. Um, Andrew McCulloch interests me just because he's so solid. He's going to grind out 50-plus tackles 
he's going to be a solid scorer in um, in the nine position. So he's one of the three dummy halves I'm having a look at. Braley, Marnie, McCulloch this week. Fui Mayono, uh, I'll have a look at it and see what happens. Yeah, there are so many good uh, hooking options at the moment going around. And as I keep saying, it, I just want one more week to work out who the best option in that position is. <clears throat> Uh, Sunday, 4 o'clock, Tigers v Roosters at Campbelltown Sports Stadium in Sydney at the Tigers. Adam Dewey comes back into the side at 5'8". Dane Laurie is retained at fullback, thank God. Moses Embai gets bumped to the bench. Russell Packer to the reserves. Um, boys, really interesting one here. They've named Embai at 14, Tommy Talao at 17, uh, with Michaeli and Utakamanu as the big man in the middle. I can't see that happening. It's just a really, really odd bench. Desi, we've spoken about the majority of the cheapies at the Tigers already. Uh, one that's pricked a lot of interest for people this week is Joe Offerhengawi, who played pretty decent minutes for the Tigers on the weekend. Is he a guy that interests you? I think he's about 330k. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he definitely was running the ball hard. He, he almost got a line break really close to the line, which would have been huge points for him. He would have been up in the in the 90s if he'd gone over for that. Um, I think, yeah, his minutes are decent. That bench is, yeah, it's very strange looking. I'm, I'm really not sure why the Tigers don't put Tommy Talao at, at wing. I think he's better than um, Kapoa. Um, yeah, the 17 for Tommy Talao. He, he came on and definitely made an impact in that game. So it just seems strange to me. But, yeah, I think often is definitely an option for sure. It's such a weird bench. I mean, I hope it does stay like that because if it does, it means Utakamanu is going to play pretty decent minutes with only two middles there. So it also means Alex Tawal is going to play massive minutes at lock. So we'll wait and see. Over at the Roosters, Angus Crichton has accepted a one-match ban for a crusher tackle. Nat Butcher starts in his place on the edge. Debutante Fletcher Baker comes onto the bench alongside Jabaria Hargreaves and Fafita. Uh, Jake Friend is gone with a concussion from Hooker. Freddie Lusick starts in his place. Adam Kieran also gone off the bench due to a dislocated wrist with Drew Hutchinson taking his spot. Whilst the Roosters just came out with a bang, didn't they? Some massive, massive Supercoach scores across the park. Um, I suppose, I mean, there are a few big talking points in Supercoach circles. Number one being get Teddy or risk getting left behind. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to struggle to get him in at his price this week. I think you've just got to make it happen. Um, whilst 43 minutes for Takiaho, 40 in base, he scored 76 points with a try and a try just got him out of jail. Uh, what are your thoughts, mate? Is it simply a case of getting out to a big lead and playing less minutes? Uh, do you think this is going to continue? What do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. It's just a case of... Robinson, um, you know, putting the guns away. So they got out to a big lead, similar to what Cleary did with Appy Coruscant. I think you'll see more and more of it when we get these blowout wins, a bit like the NFL. You know, they put teams to bed. Uh, you know, if you put a team to bed, then you pull your starters. You know, you protect um, your marquee players. So he even I even took Cleary off, uh, off at one stage there. So um, don't be surprised. Uh it won't just be it won't just be like the resting system where they rest people for a whole game. They'll rest people when they blow out teams. They'll they'll try and rest them at the end of games. Um, I can see a lot of coaches doing that, but I, I still like TKO. Yeah, we got out of jail, but to me, with the goal kicking, he's a great proposition. Um, particularly having a look at what Teddy did when he got the goal kicking, he's hopeless. So um, and now that Kieran's injured. 
there might be more incentive to leave him on the field, unless maybe hopefully Lachlan Lamb or someone kicks because I don't think yeah, well, another crack. Yeah, Drewy Hutchinson's a goal kicker as well, so whether he just comes in and basically plays that Kieran role, I'm not sure. But, <clears throat> yeah, we, they won't be rushing to let Teddy kick goals again. Um, and, yeah, big watch on Takiyaho, and I, I'm with you. I mean, this could be another easy blowout win for the Roosters where Takiyaho doesn't play um, that big a minute again. I'd be very worried as an owner, but the goal kicking duties obviously does um, you know narrow that gap a little bit on his lesser minutes. Um, anyway, certainly worth having a look at. Lockie Lamb, I'll be giving him one more week. If he flops this week, there's a stack of options at hooker. Uh, I've got him in my 5-8 at the moment. There's Moylan there. There's a bunch of hookers there. I've got Watson at hooker. So uh, lots and lots of options for Lockie Lamb. Potentially bite the bullet on him this week, but um, I think he's worth one more look. Moving on to the final game of the round, Sharks v Raiders, Sunday 6.15pm at Jubilee Stadium. Not a lot going on the sh- at the Sharks. Jesse Raymond's out this week, taking the early guilty plea for a reckless high tackle on Matt Dufty. Uh, Jackson Ferris is already out and could not be considered for the spot. So Mwene Hiroti has come in in his place. Um, fellas, I don't think there's really anything to talk about there. We've already spoken about Matt Moylan, which I think is the only point of interest at the Sharks. A little bit more going on at the Raiders. The same 17 as last week, which means Corey Horsburgh, as mentioned, has not been picked in that side. Still no Jared Croker. Um, Desi, any Raiders that take your interest? We saw Josh Hodgson start really slow. I've already mentioned that I'll be giving him a lifeline. He's got one week to save his spot. He did play 80 minutes. Mate, Joe Tappany, seriously, I mean, what well, he played... He played 42 minutes on the weekend, scored at 2.38 points per minute. Uh, yes, there were some like big attacking stats to bolster that, um, but in that time he still had a base of 52. Oh, mate, um, any interest in the guys like Tappany, Hudson Young for you? Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think there's definitely interest there. I mean, 42 minutes is obviously the concern, but you'd think you'd think uh, he'd get a, a few more minutes than that down the track, maybe against some harder teams. Um, 52 in base in 42 minutes. So if he if he ramps that up to 55, 60 minutes, I think yeah he he could be a serious super coach prospect. And the same goes for Hudson Young. They'll be in the same boat. Yeah, I wouldn't be going near Tapney at the moment just because of the minutes. The attacking stats aren't going to be there every week. <clears throat> um, I'll be waiting to have another look. They've named four middles on the bench, so I just don't see how he's. I think his game time will will increase to the 50 minute mark, but. I just think I'd prefer I'd prefer Hudson Young at about seventy to eighty k cheaper, playing eighty every week. Who I thought looked superb uh, as far as that Raiders outfit goes. But I just think there's better options. But seriously, you can't knock Tappany's PPM because uh, he's a man on an absolute mission. Whilst let's get to our trades and skipper options for this week, mate. You've touched on one in Davey, but just run us through your trades and your skippers this week. Oh, I'm really undecided this early in the week, but I'm looking at. Players like Ryan James, Andrew Davey, um, Joe Offerhangawi, Jai Arrow and Hudson Young. So I think I'll have trades around that. Um, I'll probably try and shore up that back row, front row. Um, if I don't, I might. If, if I do get to it, I might uh, possibly bring in like one of those hookers like a Braley, Reed Marnie or some, or McCulloch or something like that. But I, that's, I'm doubtful that I, I sort of feel like the same as you, Timmy. I need to have another look and I might take a bit of pain um, in the one week, but hopefully it's a wet wet uh, round. Um, in terms of captain, um, oh, it's pretty hard 
to take the captain band off, off Teddy, but I'll try and find someone decent to VC um, in an earlier game, maybe a Cleary um, against the Bulldogs. Uh, and then, you know, I've got a lot of NPRs, so it could work out that I could use that VC if it, if he hits 150 or something like that. I, I don't think the Roosters blow out the Tigers like they blew out Manly. Like Manly, uh, they didn't put much up much of a fight, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I've got uh, a bit with you, mate. I still need to plug the front row spot now that Lodge is gone. I'm thinking Lodge to lean you, but... I need someone to partner um, for Sue Malawi in the front row, so I've got to work out what I'm doing there. Uh, a few MPRs, which give me options to do a VC this week. I'm thinking VC, Nathan Cleary against the Dogs, which is very attractive. Cody Walker's another guy I'll think about, but I do like Cleary. Uh, and then Teddy's my captain and will be for most weeks, except when they're playing absolute gun opposition. Um, and one thing I will touch on, which I forgot to add the Roosters, with Angus Crichton out for a week, so many questions about whether or not you – you hold Crichton or sell Crichton. Seriously, if you're thinking about selling Crichton because he's out for one week, I think you've lost the plot. Uh, it's a long season. It's 25 rounds. We've only got a certain amount of trades to use. You're going to be selling him for one week for a gun, maybe get yourself an extra 40 points, uh, but it'll cost you two trades because you want him back the week after. It's just madness to me. So do not sell Angus Crichton in your side this week. Um, Desi, what are you doing, mate? Uh, I've got to get rid of Appy Coruscant, so it's to either Rayleigh or Reed Miney. I'm sort of leaning 70-30 towards Reed Miney at the moment, just because he'll be um, that good stepping stone towards Harry Grant. And the second trade, I'm doing Dylan Brown to Cody Walker and slapping the VC on Cody and the C on Teddy. Jeez, mate, that is a nice-sounding trade there. I like that a lot. Um, Des, let's get on to a few questions this week, then we'll wrap things up. Uh, one from Alex Livingston, Supercoach. Uh, as a bloke who owns pretty well every one of these blokes, not quite, uh, he wants you to rank Paulo, Clemmer, TKO, and TPJ. Oof. All right. Um, shit, I'd almost I'd almost be tempted to put TBJ at one. Um, minutes considering, um, if he does get the minutes. I, I think he will. I think he'll get 50 minutes. Uh, I think Paulo has to be number one, though. Um, TBJ two, Clemmer three, Takeaho four, probably. Mm. It's a pretty elite group of prop forwards, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Um, while it's a good one for you, I thought it was really good, really, really good question. Uh, and you're you have a lot of interest in both these guys from Ian Naylor. Jai Arrow looked great. Is he a better longer term option than Mitch Barnett? Well, before um, listening to you boys um, tonight, I would have said yes, hundred percent. Um, but if Barnett keeps the kicking and uh, like Desi was he's running off Ponger on that left-hand side, I tend to think it's a bit of a push. I think they're both going to be really good. Try and get them both inside. In a nutshell, from Daniel O'Connell, Desi, he wants to know about Moses Leota and Lachlan Lamb. Are they holds or sells this week? Um. Yeah, I, I sort of didn't start with Lamb for this this reason. And I, I also had the sneaking sus- suspicion that Sam Walker would come in and take his spot two or three weeks down the track. So I, I think he is probably a sell. I think uh, Leota, you could probably hold, give him give him another chance, I think. Mm, I'd be selling Leota. I, I just don't see where the minutes are going to come for in that pack. I know he's starting, but I'm not convinced on his PPM and I'm just not that keen on him at all. So I'd be selling Leota personally. 
Uh, whilst I know we've touched on this a little bit, but I mean, it's the big question on a lot of lips of uh, Brandon Smith owners and other hooking owners as well. From Dan Jennings, is it worth getting Marnie in if it's at the expense of Brandon Smith? Oh, I'd have to. I'd have to say no um, this week. I'd have to say no. I think I, I'm thinking I'm going to get rid of Lamb and Lodge to fund Davy and um, uh, possibly like a James Ryan James or something like that. Um, and then I can play Brandon Smith at hooker and then Connor Watson at 5'8". So uh, I, I would say you have to give the cheese another crack. It didn't really go his way. He could score one or two tries against Para. Um, yeah, stick with him. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I, I'm not a Brandon Smith owner, but I just watching him, I was terrified. He just looks like he could crash over or make a line break at any minute. I'd be holding for sure. Uh, for anyone tossing up whether to sell Brandon Smith or Welch, uh, I'd be going the way of Welch for sure. Uh, Desi, one from Dylan Jamison, if Cook doesn't score well this week, is he a panic sell? And I'll add a part two to that. Would you be selling Cook this week? Oh, it's a tough question. I mean, he, he really didn't look great. Um, obviously... The running game wasn't there, so I think yeah, he probably is it. Probably is a sell in the short term until we see him start to run the ball. I mean, it's obviously a, a tactic by Bennett to hold him back because he is such a good ball runner, and he's just he's just taking away his license to run. I think I'd, yeah, I'd, I think he's a sell. Yeah, nice mate. All right, fellas, uh, that is a wrap for tonight. Gone a lot longer than I thought, but there's no no problem with that at all. Hopefully, people survive the whole hour twenty of the show. Uh, Desi, thank you, mate. Yep. Cheers, Timmy. I'll let you get get to training. Get moving, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Wiles. Hey, see you, Timmy. See you, Des. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys.